Thanks for checking out the Community Recap Podcast, where there's no cap and all truth. As we discuss various aspects of the Christian life and look back to our past Sunday sermons to discuss what we can learn from them. Let's tune into this week's episode of the Community Recap Podcast. Hello and welcome into Community Recap. Uh, this is your host Seth and I am so excited to be with you guys today for another Stories uh, episode and um, I'm really excited because uh, one, these have gone really well I feel like. Um, people, I've heard a lot of good feedback, positive feedback, uh, but two, um, we have some all-stars in here with us today. And that's right, that's right. Yeah, I just, I just, you just got to tell people what it is and so that's what I'm doing. Um we are joined today with Jared and Taylor Sawyer. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hello, welcome. Glad to be here. Glad to be sound here. Sound effects. Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> luckily, Adam's not in here because he mm-hmm. would do shooting gun sound mm-hmm. effects. <laughs> does not fit. Um, so grateful you guys came and are doing this today. I'm excited uh, about it. So let's jump in. Let's have some fun. Okay. Rapid fire. Uh, ladies first. And so, Taylor, okay. since you're the most uh, calm and not nervous at all, not at all. We will start with you to help with that. Okay, mm-hmm. right? All right. And then the same question will apply to you, yeah. Jared. So, um, Taylor, what is your dream car? I haven't <laughs> thought about this at all. <laughs> I really am not a car person. I don't I don't care about cars. So, here's yeah. what I came up with. Okay. I want to drive a police car. <laughs> okay. I know. I know. Wait. I knew. Here's why, How would though. you get it? Well, I don't know. That's okay. not... It doesn't matter. Logistics matter. don't matter. But... The reason Love is that it. you always drive safe around a police car. 100%. Nobody's going to honk you. I get, I really get upset when people honk at me <laughs> and get mad at me. And it happens a lot more, but I always blame the other yeah, guy. Right. And so I feel like in a police car, yeah, nobody's going to do that. They're going to be really nice and loving. That is so. that is true. I tend to put my seatbelt on when I see a police yeah. officer. Yeah. He will be living you their best life same. right yeah. there by that you police just, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ma- <laughs> that's a unique answer. I don't even know what to say. Okay, how you get it doesn't matter, but getting it is yeah, what matters. Citizens arrest, you know. Okay, all right. Well, Jared, Watch what out. about you? What is your dream car? A bigger police car. No, no uh, big- uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, 1983. Oh, Ferrari 308, it, otherwise known as the Magnum PI. Yeah, uh, car. So wow, that's what I would take, and then I just wear short shorts everywhere. Oh yeah, of and course. A mustache, so mm-hmm. tied roll. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think that's the most descriptive answer we've had yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. So the car levels will love that. <laughs> um, but a Ferrari, that's yeah. a baller car. Yeah, that's why I got to get a good 1983. So it's a lot cheaper now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's probably rotten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he couldn't fix it up. Yeah, I mean, no, I'd just take it to a car. Do you have a brand up. new 83 yeah. model? <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I love it. All right, Taylor, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, I know a lot of people have said flying. I don't want to fly because I don't like heights, but okay. I just want to, like, teleport places. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to be there. I hate I hate driving. <laughs> this all comes back to <laughs> I driving. hate driving. So, you know, I don't even like flying, really. I don't like any yeah. of it. So I just okay. want to be there. Where would you go if you could go somewhere right now? Uh, Portland, Oregon. My sister lives there. Okay. I was yeah. going to say, it's I really know. random. Also like Hawaii, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But All the places. Yeah. Okay. Community Baptist. I'd be right yeah. here. Yeah. I, I'm already here. Jesus. It's just, it's just how it works. <laughs> what about you, Jared? Uh, 
I would take speed, like I don't know, the, the flash. Okay. Be able to run faster than anyone. That'd be yeah. Fun. He would be racing my teleportation. Yeah, try probably. To beat, beat you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that reminds me of Dash. We're we're in the Incredibles right mm-hmm. now at, at our house, and dude's fast. Yeah. I mean, so there is something to that. Okay. That I don't think I've heard that one yet. So that's good. Uh, Taylor. Uh, do you have a favorite type of music? Genre, maybe an artist in particular? Yes. I mean, I don't, I didn't want to say worship because I feel like that's cliche. But mm-hmm. when you ask the question of like, well, what's on your car? Like, what's on when you get in the car? Yeah. It's worship every okay. time. Love it. Or kids' bop. I mean, honestly, that's, there you go. It's a lot of kids' bop or sports radio because Jared just got done driving. But overall, like acoustic worship is my favorite. Okay. Maverick City music. The nine-minute-long worship songs. That's those are your go-to. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Mm-hmm. His is going to be very different. His answer. Jared, what about you? Uh, if I'm going to do like the Christian answer, uh, yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. <laughs> I, I like worship music, but it's uh, gospel. Gospel uh, worship music. Okay. So, so like, so like Smokey Norfolk. Um, wow. Marvin ta- Sapp. You're taking it way back. Yeah. yeah like that type of. Well, th- that's my favorite genre would be like rap and r&b but it'd be like 90s wow era so you're Nas okay. and and common yeah yeah, yeah. dr dre and all the good ones so okay i don't understand today so i'm just old now so. i just that i really didn't see that in you really yeah. what do you I think I, I don't know i take me out to the ball like no that. no <laughs> like, just all sports everything yeah uh the seventh inning stretch is yeah. my favorite song um See, I love gospel music, no, choir. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Not, not the, not the rap. Mm. You're, yeah. you're straight thug. I know yeah. that. True that. But like <laughs> the gospel, the, the go- <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the gospel didn't, didn't really catch me. Yeah. On your drift there. I, yeah, okay. Kirk Franklin is programmed in my, in my car. I love. Yeah, mm-hmm. I grew up on some Kirk. So. Okay, that's yeah. a great answer. Fantastic, Taylor. What show are you currently binge watching? Hmm. Um, and all of them is not an answer. I know. Okay. Parenthood. I'm rewatching Parenthood from on like NBC. You know. Wait, is that like the really old? No, it's not the movie. With the twins. That's no, Parent Trap. Parent Trap. Oh. Parenthood was okay. A, different. Yeah, it's a whole series. It's great. Um, and then I do what I do with books, and I start documentaries, mm. and I don't finish them. So I have a lot of documentaries on my Netflix. Yeah. Uh, watching thing and I just haven't finished. Okay. Yeah. Do you like, is that kind of your go-to documentaries? Yes. Okay. Because I feel like every day is a new day for me. <laughs> I forget everything. <laughs> and so I just. Uh, 51st date. Yeah. Like yeah. we've watched so many documentaries on Waco, like the whole. Oh week. yes. And yeah. Every time I'm like, wait, what? Who? How? <laughs> He's like, do you not remember? Yeah. I mean, he, I don't remember anything. Okay. So. I just rewatched documentaries. Maybe if you finished them, you would realize how they how yeah, they even the it. Office. It would all connect. Like together, we watched yeah. The Office. We've probably watched it five times, and every time I'm like, "Wait, so what happens here?" <laughs> yeah, it, <is>. <laughs> it doesn't stick. Yeah. So okay, Jared, what about you? Uh, I like all the Star Wars and Star Trek mm. stuff. So I just there finished Star Trek: Picard. Um, just finished The Mandalorian, mm. Bad Batch. So okay, so that brings a question up yep. for me. Did you like the finale of Mando? Uh, I did not. I didn't so. either. See, I, I was really kind of hoping it would. They wrapped it up too quickly <laughs> somehow. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I think there's one more season. Yeah. 
But to me, it's like, well, where do you go from from here? From yeah. there, I was thinking that was like a big ending. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking it was going to be way different. Yeah, I was hoping they'd live leave a big cliffhanger and then yes, yes. next season would they would tie it, it all up. But yeah. it kind of seemed like let's wrap okay. it up real quick and then yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Jeez. I'm glad you're sharing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. Ditto. Taylor, what is one thing you're afraid of? How much time do we have? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everything is not an answer. I know. Uh, birds. Oh. Birds and white vans. Like, not minivans. I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, birds and white vans. But, like, vans. vans where someone would say, like, would you like some candy? Because I'm not one to pass up candy. I will buy. I will yeah, go get some. Right. And that could be dangerous. So, I don't like birds. Why birds? They're, what have birds done to you? It, I just, they're creepy. They're like, very, very, like, um, important. I know they in, are. In, like, the whole Mother Nature And my thing. husband loves birds. Like, he okay. is the biggest nerd you alert. You sit outside and watch He is. He has all the bird houses. He has the bird feeders. <laughs> and I'm literally on Amazon buying those things, the spindles that hang down and <laughs> yeah, keep birds right, away. Yeah. Like, stay away. So that didn't work very well yeah. with the two. Yeah. Okay. Like, hummingbirds are cute and fine, and cardinals mm-hmm. are great, as long as they stay, keep their distance, but... We get some <laughs> scary birds out in Coweta here. So it's, so you're talking more like scary van, not like a nice white no, like mom van. No. The no windows van. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like a worker van. Okay. Yeah. Have you had experience with that in the past? Is that why you're... Maybe it's like a past trauma that I've blocked out. Okay. I don't know. I just think it's... Yeah. <laughs> Jared's made me watch <laughs> Kind of like a show that you watch. Like, it just kind of goes away. Yes. You Probably. don't remember. Who knows what's happened in my life. I love it. Okay, Jared, <laughs> what is one thing you're afraid of? I'm afraid of snakes. So yeah. I don't weird. I don't mess with snakes at all. Mm. I don't Do like you even like them. attempt to kill them? Uh yeah, I'll try to kill it. But it's me with like nine machetes and yeah. everything and I'm just it's overkill and it'd just be like a little, yeah. you know, four inch gardener snake mm-hmm. or something. But no, I'm, I'm totally definitely gonna way. smash it. So Yeah. That's a no go for me. All right, we got two more. Okay. If you had a go-to karaoke song, Taylor, oh, let's do it. You, you're out at T-Bones in Tahlequah, <laughs> T- okay, or wherever, mm-hmm. and and spotlight, boom, Taylor, karaoke time, come up. What's your song? Hmm. He always tells me my song. That, that I said if we're doing a duet, mm-hmm. I will be Gladys Knight, and you can be my one single pip. Mm-hmm. Oh, so and we do Midnight Train. Fantastic. Yeah, but. no, I'd probably do, um, I'd just, like, go big. Like, go big or go home. Like, okay. I will always love you. Or, wow. no, Sweet Caroline, because everybody sings along Everyone with it. Everyone knows that one. Um, yeah, something like that. Or Shania Twain. I could probably mm-hmm. sing any Shania Twain song. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm not afraid. Pretty confident <laughs> My when it comes to karaoke. clearly in kids' church said I was a great singer, right? So, no, he said, okay. eh. Yeah, my mom. His words. That means great, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> okay, Jared. What about you? Uh, yeah, you got to go. If you're gonna do it, you got to do something that gets the crowd involved. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then just don't care about embarrassing yourself. So, like a journey song, so yeah. some song that someone knows, and you just get out there and scream and yell and be off key. And yeah, no the cares. point is to make a fool of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you make a yeah. fool, and everyone loves it and, and then, yeah. joins in. Love it. Okay, a little bit more spiritual. Uh, Taylor, <clears throat> what's one thing in your life, currently, past, um, whenever, that you are extremely grateful for? Um, I mine's today. Um, okay. 
my friend Erica and her husband Richard, they've been praying for years and years and years to get pregnant, have a baby. I've been mm. praying for them every day, relentlessly asking people to pray for them. Um, and about a year ago, they decided to start taking steps to do foster care. Yeah. And um, possibly adoption. And then, but they were going in two different routes, like foster care until we possibly could have an adoption placement. And uh, the first baby that came along was a foster care placement and he was in the NICU and they've had him since birth and they adopted him today. Oh, so it was cool. an official. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a really great moment. Super emotional. Um, For sure. Just to see God's faithfulness through all of that is incredible. So it was a good day. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, what about you? One thing in your life. Uh, mine is my wife. And there you go. Aww. As cliche as an answer as that is, but uh, how on fire she is for God and um, how faithful she is for our family yeah. um, of doing all the things that needs to be done. So um, she's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. So. Thank you. Look you there. I don't tell her that to her <laughs> Yeah, that's right. The time, so. I will only say this in public on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Well, uh, that's a little rapid fire. Now that we're settled in, nerves are gone. Totally. We feel great. No birds outside. Mm-hmm. Actually, there is one. There was a stray dog out there. There right? was a stray dog. <laughs> uh, let's get into your stories. Everyone has a story. Um, and so I'm excited to hear uh, both of yours. Um, Taylor, we'll, we'll start with you um, as well with this. Where'd, where'd you grow up? What was life like for you? Do you have siblings? Were you raised in church? Were you not? Did you like sports? Which is, I can probably already answer oh, that. Oh, really? <laughs> No, I have no idea. That's why we do hey. this. Um, all the things. Uh, and kind of bring us to a point maybe um, where is a, a good segue to jump over to, to Jared. Yeah, okay. Um, so I was born in Tulsa, but we lived in Henrietta at the time. No way. Yeah. Um, and shortly after that, we moved to Norman. So we were Norman people for, I don't know, probably five years. I went to kindergarten in Norman. And... Um, my dad was the worship leader at Barry Road Baptist Church, where you're always welcome. That was our <laughs> that's, slogan. That's it. That's it. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. Okay. So we lived there for a while. And then from Norman, we moved to Keys, Oklahoma, which a lot of people get confused with one near Tahlequah. This is not the one near Tahlequah. This is the one um, in the Panhandle. Oh. And it's past Guymon, past, I don't know, it's like closer to Amarillo, Texas. So wow, okay. way out. Um, our entire town population was less than 300, like super small. Um, and so my graduating class would have been 10 kids. So loved it there. Living the dream. Like my dad was the, the lead pastor. They had more churches there than stop signs. Um, he was the lead, he was the only pastor for the Baptist church there and we didn't have a slogan, unfortunately. That right. I can't remember that. That's all right. Um, but then he got a job here in Tulsa. And so in third grade, we moved from Keys with a class of 10 kids to Union Public oh, wow. Schools. Wait, so this was all within third grade? I mean, yeah, super fast. That's a lot of moves. It is a lot. Yeah. Of- a lot of moves and for the <laughs> longest time I would say like I grew up in Keys but it's like until third grade you know yeah. so not really you really didn't yeah no so we moved here um in Tulsa to Union Public Schools huge 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 school obviously and um my dad was the pastor of Berean Baptist Church which is at like 21st in Yale okay 
Um, so he was there from the time I was in third grade until like sixth grade. Um, and in sixth grade, he, when I was in sixth grade, he left the ministry. So, um, got into banking and then right around that time we went to first Baptist broken arrow. So our family attended there and, um, then it wasn't until I was 15 that we found out, um, that my dad left the ministry because he had had an affair. So it was a huge, huge, huge thing. Uh, the lady was my mom's very close friend. They were like couples, you know, friends. So my parents and them, we hung out together as families and played games and lots of stuff. So for five years, their affair lasted. And so it started when I was in, I don't know what grade it started in. I was probably 10. And then we found out when I was 15. So, um, the, I mean, you think about a little girl and her dad is the most important person in her life, really from preteen years on, you know? Absolutely. And so even though he didn't leave until I was 15, from the time I was 10, he just wasn't very present. Mm. Um, and then at 15, he came home uh, from work. And, I mean, it ju- like that day sits in my memory forever, mm. like just – I went naturally, instinctively, I went and got in the fetal position of my closet because I heard my mom drop the pan and he said he wanted a divorce and I hid because I felt like if, I don't know, maybe internally I felt like if he couldn't find me, he couldn't tell me. Um, and then he did tell me and he stayed that night, which I always think that is so weird. Like I told my mom all the time, I'm like, I would have slashed his tires. Mm. Like I would have, you know, and she was so poised and just um had to do what she had to do to protect us I think and um so everything changed after that Mm. I mean just everything my my dad and I uh it's not our relationship is not healed it's there's a lot of brokenness you know they say like it's not your fault and I never felt like it was my fault but um the lasting impacts that something like that has on a marriage, my marriage even years later and my relationships with my friends. So um, that happened in November and I went back to school and I hated it. And every day, well, the day after it happened, I went to Spanish class and I was in shambles. Like you could just tell. And my Spanish teacher was the only person that saw it and recognized it. And she pulled me out of class and asked me what's going on. I told her, she reached out to the counselor, told every other teacher that I had, even though I asked her not to, (laughs) she did. And not one other teacher said a thing, like not a thing. And that was the moment. I mean, that moment in my heart was what made me become a teacher in the end. Like I could say it was my mom, you know, lots of people in my life are teachers, but truly her recognizing that in me and seeing something change. Um, and then because I was at Union, Union was such a massive school. I was just a number. Like, it didn't matter how hard I worked. I was never going to be the top dog, you know. And I was a loser. Like, I was really – and I don't mean that in a – I just wasn't cool. Like, yeah. I was super – I just I, – I wasn't super smart, so I didn't stand out in that way. And I wasn't failing, so I didn't stand out in that way. And I wasn't a bad kid, but I wasn't in, like, all the – cool things like student council and things like that um there was a time in ninth grade where I tried to sit with some cooler kids and 
everybody put their trash in one tray. Like, I guess that's what the cool kids did. Put their trash in one tray and stood over my head and they dumped it on. Oh, wow. I mean, true, like dumped their milks all over my head. I called my dad to come and bring me clothes. He said he had a meeting. So uh, mm. I sat in milky hair and clothes that day. And that was, Jared laughs at it. Like, it's funny in our family now, but school was just not a great place for me. And yeah. so when all of that happened with my dad, the way that I describe it is it's like my life got put into a blender and mm. I just wasn't able to sort it out. My mom couldn't help me because she's trying to sort out her own life. You know, my sisters were really a lot older than me. Um, they went down paths because of the same thing. They actually knew about the affair years before and didn't tell me because I was the baby. So I have two sisters, by the way. That's a big part yeah, of my story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're my best friends. And so yeah. through all the moving and stuff like that, yeah. like really you do bond with your family totally. more than anything. So um, anyway, so my sisters knew and they're the, the effects that it had on them because of they tried to bring it to light and he shut it down. And so one of my sisters told her teacher and he asked my dad about it at parent conferences. And he was like, my daughter is a liar. She's lying to everybody. And he like, she was grounded and shunned and her teachers were mad at her. Cause like you made me look silly. And, and it was all true. Wow. I mean, you got to think about a past, like the way that she viewed not only her dad, but like a pastor, mm -hmm. you know? And so it really, um, neither of my sisters are active in church today. They don't, I don't want to say they ha don't have a desire, but there is so much pain that that comes from that. Not just from my dad, but when we left the church, we didn't know about the affair at the time. And everybody at the church shunned us. Like it was, I mean, it was so, so confusing. So they knew. They knew. Oh, wow. And they were writing him letters and saying, like, mm. this is inappropriate. Like, you're counseling. You know, he would counsel her by herself and just things like that. And um, so they knew. And he denied it. And in fact, we bought him one of those story worth books that where he writes stories that my kids will have that forever. And even still to this day, he said the only reason he ever acted on the affair was because um, people told him he was doing it. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I'm like, that's not because right. I'm in a marriage now and I'm in a church now, you know, right, and I exactly. know that people can view things wrongly. But yeah. It just is, it just doesn't make sense. So lots of church hurt. The people that we loved so much and had built, uh, built our lives around really with the church were, were gone, completely gone. Yeah. Wouldn't answer my mom's phone calls, didn't reach out. And so that's something for Jared and I, we've committed to change, like w not change, but do differently. That if anything were to happen uh, to any of our pastors, to any of the people here, that like we have made a commitment, not just to be members of this church, but to love each other through the ugly times, you know, yeah. through the mistakes and sure. things like that. So, but it's still very much church hurt. Um, is still very much a thing for me. I, I, God blessed us with Adam. I feel like, because he's just so real and raw and mm. I could not sit under the leadership of a pastor who puts on a facade, uh, on yeah. Sunday morning. And I'm sure we'll get into more of that later, but it, it was huge, huge, huge. So, when all of that happened, I dropped out of high school. I could not. Wow. Yeah. Couldn't. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't go and fake it anymore. I was tired of just people. I mean, I don't know. Everybody lies in high school, I guess. But it just was like, I, I didn't like it anymore. So. Um, well, so let me ask this. Mm -hmm. So growing up, 
Henrietta Keys. Yeah. Tulsa before the affair. Mm-hmm. Before what? I mean, was life? Yeah, it was blissful. Was I guess. Life, I mean, yeah, we grew up pretty humbly. I would yeah. say. Um, didn't have a lot, but I didn't know it. I played in dumpsters. as it like literally in Keys? I like. Well, my sisters put me in a dumpster. There, yeah, there was literally yeah. nothing. Um, and uh, yeah, I did. It was great. It was fine. It was good. I love my sister. Like my sisters and I did everything together. So you're obviously raised in church. Mm-hmm. Your dad's a pastor. Yeah. Um, you probably live at the church at times, just doing different things. Yeah. Um, involved with different programs and things. Were you involved with sports at all growing up? Were you involved? I was in not. I know you're going to be shocked by that, but I wasn't. <laughs> I did try. Yeah. I tried softball and ran to the wrong base. That well, was not that good. Happens. I know. That I was happens. older though. I oh, was like okay. third grade, so it wasn't. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tr- I tried palm here in oh, in yeah. uh, at Union, and I think I was in seventh grade. And my parents, who are supposed to be the most supportive people in the world, said, "Hey, sweetie, we just don't think this <laughs> yeah, is your yeah, thing." Yeah. You know. So I was always the back guy, like yeah, yeah, yeah. In the and then when I would have to turn, and I was the front guy, everybody knew we were done. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. was not a good thing. So I did that for one year, and then they talked me out of it. So you go to your – however long were you in Henrietta? I have no idea. I mean – I mean, you're like baby. Yeah. Okay. Not very You go to Keys till third grade. You come back to Union. Mm Mm-hmm. Fourth grade? Start? Fourth grade? Middle of third grade. Middle of third grade. So that's what I blame my my bad math on was I hadn't learned multiplication yet in third grade. And then we moved, and they had already learned it. So when Jared and Harper want to quiz me on multiplication facts, I'm like, listen, I can do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't – there's takes a minute feet. like they got it yeah you well, know it's just not my gift god didn't gift me yeah. with math it's okay <laughs> i mean i hate math so yeah. i'm right there with yeah. you yeah uh that's why i do music yes um so you go to union uh your dad is a pastor at what what's the name of church again berean baptist berean church. baptist mm-hmm. church how long was he there for before everything left hmm. that's what fourth grade ish to it's not yeah. that long right like Six years, probably, right? Is that right? Ninth or tenth grade. No, because he left when I was in middle school. Oh, wait, 15. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking you were 10. Okay, so left in 15. So So he, there was a time where he was like a banker and he said he was like cleaning buses. You know, it's like all of that stuff in the, I don't really know how much of it's accurate because he he needed excuses. So what was he like growing up? I mean, before all this started, was he... Um, the spiritual leader of the home, everything you would think is of a pastor. Was he, um, I don't know. I mean, obviously there's a huge shift that happens in his life that causes him to act on stuff like that or to go down that path. He wasn't probably always like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So what was that like growing up with him? Um, from what I remember, I mean, my sisters will tell you like they, they were daddy's girls through yeah. and through. I think I was at a young age, um, but I also was always a mama's girl. Like I just was very attached to my mom, and she was a stay-at-home mom at the time, and so I just had a different relationship with her. But like I remember him coming home every day for lunch, and we would watch Unsolved Mysteries, which is honestly probably where some of my fears mm. came from because that guy is is very creepy. yeah yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> I could, my favorite, my dad had like a little S10 pickup truck and he uh, had a a New Testament, one of the mini New Testament Bibles that he kept in the top of it. And I could 
say any verse. Like I could say, tell me what John, whatever. And he could say it like that. And so I just was always mesmerized by that. So if you would have asked me a few years ago, was your dad a good spiritual leader in the home? I probably would have said, yes, it's not been until the last couple of years that I've really wanted to dive deeper into like, what is that? What does that mean? And for us, it means showing our kids what's real and, and true and leading the same life at church as we're leading at home. And so, um, so it's, he wasn't that we never, I don't, maybe we prayed over meals. I I know we prayed over meals, but it was like quick and get it over with. Right. Like just price. No discipleship, no intentionality. Right. I don't want to say no, but like none at all. Well, it would stand out if it was repeated. You know what I mean? Like done a lot. Yeah. I did. I did ask Jesus in my heart at a very young age. Um, my dad baptized me in keys. So I was seven and, um, and then I think just with everything that happened, I really struggled with that in, internally. Like, yeah, what did that mean? Was it true? Am I for sure, for sure? You know, people oh, would say, yeah. well, you're going to know. Oh, you'll know. And I'd yeah. be like, but I don't know, yeah. you know? So it's taken me, again, digging into that yeah. and figuring that out. Sure. Um, so, but yeah, we... I. Falls Creek, VBS, all the all the church all the things. things. We did all the things. It just was. What's the age difference between you and your sisters? Um, we're all two years apart, so two 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 years, okay. two years, two years. So close growing up. Yes, very okay. close growing up. Still all very close. Um, our kids are close. I mean, we're all like besties, and yep. I talk to my sister in Oregon every day on Facetime, and um, <laughs> yeah, it, Jared loves it. Portland's rough. Yes, it is. She lives in a suburb okay. of Portland, but it is rough. It's yeah, very Portland's rough. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, very left. So you drop out of high school at fifteen. Mm-hmm. What do you? I mean, what's your what's your emotional state at this point? What's your mindset at this point? As a fifteen year old. Well, I was dating a boy, um, who was, as Gibson would say, dog water, like just terrible. Just dog water. Dog water, bro. Dog you water. know. Um. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. So when I was 16, my parents, they didn't have a lot of money and they got together and they bought me a car and it was a Chrysler LeBaron convertible. Oh, yeah. 1990, same year I was born. Um, and I couldn't see over the hood. So right okay. after that, <laughs> right after that, my mom was like, she can't drive. I was sitting on a phone book. Like literally I was Let's sitting see, on you a, have phone a bumper book. seat. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, so then my mom scraped together what money she could as a teacher and she traded that in and bought me a Jeep, which was like my dream car. It was even older and you had to be sitting if you weren't, what was the, it was like, if you could, you had to unlock it from the passenger passenger side side or the alarm would go off and it wouldn't turn off and it had to undo the battery. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the alarm to turn the alarm off, you had to undo the battery. What? Uh, and it had all the fancy gadgets, like leather seats. I mean, it was so – it even had gold rims. Gold. It was so Where nice. she buy I loved this hat? I'm not sure. Okay. It doesn't <laughs> Honestly, sound like a, it a was, dealership yeah. or anything. Mm-hmm. It was, so it was old Greg in the back. It even had the temperature, <laughs> like the temperature gauge, like digital temperature yeah, gauge. Oh, yeah. But you could – it only worked if someone was sitting in the passenger sure, seat. Sure. So – it was the best, and sure. I loved it. So, so I was dating this guy, yeah, and he was a cool guy, like you know, in school or whatever. 
And I pull up in my Jeep and I'm so proud of it. And he laughed at me Mm. and he was like, that is the ugliest car. I mean, that's what I heard. I don't really know what he said, but he hated it. And I still loved him. Like I was just obsessed with high school relationships. Yeah. In fact, fun fact, I love to tell this, except I don't. Um, (laughs) One of the guys that, that I was friends with at the time that, that uh, I almost had a thing with ended up going into the NFL. And I, no tur- yeah, yeah. In fact, his name's Tressway. Can you believe that? He's a kicker. We were great friends. We wrote a book together in yeah, Spanish I know class. Tressway. You do? Yeah, I played for OU. Yeah, he did. I yeah. forgot. It's been a long time, you know. He put, Nicest guy. Th- is he still in the league? Yes, I'm pretty sure the yeah. dude's uh-huh. had a career and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Loves the Lord. He he goes and even talks about. He does like um. What is it? FCC LA or whatever fellowship FCA? for Christian athletes. Yeah, whatever FCA, it is. Yeah. yeah, the other one's probably like the <laughs> the thing you do where you learn it's to FBLA. sell. But yeah, yeah. The future <laughs> business leaders. Yeah, there. whatever. Well, FCC LA A or something like that was like cooking and something yes, like that yeah. for Shakota. I, yeah, so. I wasn't great in that either. <laughs> yeah, he was really good in that. Yeah, uh, he, he knows a lot about that. Yeah. So, do you like that story? I mean, it's a little, he, little... he thinks it's cool. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't because we were. Not, I mean, it was like a total. Sure. Like We were just friends, yeah. and I was sitting by him in a movie theater, and we were just talking and did having fun. Did he go fun. to Union? Mm-hmm. He I, did. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. So he was sitting by me in a movie theater, and we were having fun. And then the guy that I ended up dating was like, "Hey, come sit by me." And I made that big mistake of mm. going and sitting by him. So mistakes were made there and later, and um, I, he, I don't know, just things were transpired with him that shouldn't yeah, have and sure. um we just weren't a good fit and then but so, you're you're not in school at this point so right? i was well i was until i was like that summer okay. whenever so i finished the year okay um so after my, we found out about my dad year? yeah and then after sophomore year that's when i dropped out so that's it was it. summer of sophomore year at that same time i got a job at a pool and as a lifeguard and um my boyfriend at the time put us on a break. He was like, I'm going to summer camp. Well, sure. And I, I, not, I don't want to break up. Yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. go on a break. Keep your you options know? open. Well, he didn't say that. Yeah. That's what in my meant. mind, in my mind, we were just like. He justified it in your mind. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. You, boo-boo. Yeah. Yeah. He was really terrible. I mean, really, mm-hmm. when I look back, like I was. Some would say dog water. He used dog water for sure. Yeah. And Yeah. So, okay. So then that's when I meet Jared yeah. was at the pool. So Okay, Greg said way there. Yeah. Jared, what about you, man? Where'd you grow up? What's life like? Uh sports, I'm sure, is a part of your story. Um unlike Taylor's. What? Um what? <laughs> I mean Go um, sports. Yeah. <laughs> sports. Uh siblings, uh, raised in church, not um all all the all the things. Uh, yeah. Tell us about you. I uh Born in Tulsa, grew up on the main streets of 71st and Garnett, right. yep. Broken Arrow's yep. finest. Um, <laughs> went to Union, uh, got a brother who's seven years younger than me. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And he is a Broken Arrow police officer. Um, I didn't realize that, that was the age gap between you two. Yeah, we've got a big, big age gap. And then my sister um, goes here, Casey, and she, we're 11 years apart. So there's wow. big age gap. My mom had a couple miscarriages um, okay. in between. Uh, all of us, but wait, your sister goes here, Casey. Yeah, Casey Cottrell. No way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I try to hide that from people. 
I had no idea that was yep. your sister. Yep, that's my sister. I don't claim her most of the time, but <laughs> she doesn't claim. Her. So yeah, that, you have a you have a new nephew. Yes, I do. We I actually do. watched our. I watched Hudson yeah. for three days um, when when she was delivering. Um, that my was. mind is blown right now. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea that was your. I don't even think I've ever seen you two in the same room. Well, here we go at to church. different. She goes. To they go to second service in first hour, yeah. so we just kind of cross cross paths every now and then. But yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So that's okay. my sister. So wow. Yeah, we grew up in church. Um, I grew up in Scully Drive Baptist Church. Um, my grandparents went there for probably fifty years. Um, wow. So grew there. That's what I, I know Chuck Walker from there. Um, okay. So Carrie, um, we were in the same little Sunday school class as kids wow. at Skelly Drive, and uh, went there up until sixth grade, and then I went to Gracemont, which later becomes Battle Creek. Um, so went all through high school, and then kind of uh, college. This all just say college happened, and I kind of yep. I didn't go to church during college really. Where'd um, you go to college? I went to NSU, so okay. uh, kind of split time. Uh, went uh, had a couple classes in Tahlequah and then Broken Arrow. So were you a Redman? I was a Redman, and I'm you know I'm a Union Redskin as well, so I'm not a, a Red Hawk or whatever. They yeah, I don't to, I hate so. that they changed that. Yep. So yeah. yeah, I'm still OG. I still got a couple hoodies and, sure. and blankets that are NSU sure. Redman. And, Love it. Um, yep, I'm proud to be a Redman. Um, so yeah, I grew up in church. Uh, I grew up and and well. When I was young, uh, my dad got better um, for Jordan and Casey, but uh, I grew up in a very abusive uh, household, so it wasn't it wasn't the best uh, environment. And I say abusive; it's anywhere from very emotional, um, very physical abuse, um, just kind of all across the board. Um, so me and my mom kind of dealt with that um, growing up. Um, wow. There was, yeah, some bad times. Um, they separated for a little bit, and it got a little better um, after a year of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was bad. So it, it was me as a kid growing up in church. Um, everyone at church loved my dad. Uh, you know, he helped out in the youth and was, like, the funniest guy ever. Hmm. Um, a great teacher. Um, it's truly where I get all my brains from. That's probably the smartest man I've, I've still ever met in my life. Um, but yeah, very abusive. And I truly saw like, I, I grew up playing church is what mm. it really was. I grew yeah. up in church. Um, Awana's all of it. I could flip my Bible to the page faster than anyone yeah. else. I could, I could do all the things I could give you all the right answers you needed to hear. Um, but then I'd go home and, and it was hell on earth wow. uh, as a kid. So, um, so it, it was it was rough. It was it was hard to compartmentalize that probably as a kid of like we say all these cool things, but eh, nothing's mm. like there's no heart in it. So yeah, um, that's I, I was hard as a kid. It, it kind of defined me. Um, you know, I always stayed in church. I was baptized when I was ten, um, and and I was on fire in in high school and everything. I kind of drifted away in college. Um, but I, I was kind of still living off of um, Skelly Drive Baptist. I knew all the Bible verses, anything, but I didn't really read the Bible. It's almost like knowing your parents' or grandparents' faith type of thing, what answers they have, but not really 
knowing why I believe what I believe um, type yeah. of thing. So l- later on, uh, really dive deep, um, read through the Bible, um, which is a huge thing. Um, that, that was even later on. I, I probably really, really cranked down nine or ten years ago into the Bible um, and really solidified my faith, what I believed, um, just knowing and trusting in, in God's will and, and and uh what he had for my life um but yeah um childhood wasn't wasn't the best uh for me growing up so i'm sure a lot of that probably weighs into the fact of you go to church and it's perfect right then you come home and it's completely opposite yeah and so for you that's i mean would you attribute a lot of the um check in the box game to that yeah in your life percent um yeah go to church we literally went to church for every event ever i went to falls creek um and falls creek was truly you know just go buy some girls some ices you know type of thing that's what we got to do at falls creek yeah um in the amphitheater Yes. Oh, and I, yeah, I had it in the old school days where yes. you get a little sweat to death. Hot. You're um, just going to get them hyped up about everything. Redmond, not being <laughs> I know, they have it easy anymore. now. I was like, this isn't false, Creek. I know. It's too nice of so, a place. I'm going to expose my age, but the last, or my first year I was able to go to False Creek was the last year they had the amphitheater. Mm-hmm. Um, and So I only had to endure it one, one year, year, but it was horrible. Yeah. Because everyone wants to dress up and they yeah. want to look nice and the and then you get yeah. out there in July, and you're like, yeah, you tried you anything to make a fan for yourself, yes. and yeah, you were dying. So yeah, okay. So so the relationship you had um, with, uh, so I didn't trust anybody at church. I would say, um, yeah, I viewed everyone at church, um, and I know there was good, strong Christians at that church, uh, but I viewed. You know, it was an old school Southern Baptist church. Like you wore your Sunday best, yeah, um, suit and tie. Was it legalistic? I yeah, I would say okay. more of that way. Um, you had to act on your best behavior, and everyone was on their best behavior. It it wasn't what I enjoy and what I try to show my kids now. Of like, you know, the Bible's real and rough, and it's dirty and grimy and everything. But that's not what's taught back in the day. It was mm-hmm. just. Okay, here's Adam and Eve, here's Moses, here's Noah, here's... You went through all the little nice, fluffy Bible mm-hmm. stories and everything, but you didn't ever, you know... There wasn't a whole bunch, you know, I don't know, of, you know, Jesus died for you, you're a terrible person, we're all terrible people, Yeah. Um, type of thing. It was, don't do that. It was almost the... It probably was just my generation of the don't do that generation. It's realistic, yeah. right? Do these things, don't do yeah. these things. Yeah, yeah. So. so your relationship with your dad... Uh, do you still have a relationship with your dad? I do. It's uh, I, we're close-ish. Um, we just talk sports, really. So yeah. we uh, we talk a lot of sports. We get around, you know. I tell him I love him and everything. Uh, but we don't have a deep. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't go to him sure. if I have a problem or a yeah. need. So. And he, tr- his dad, truly is the most loving person. I mean, it's it's the hard. I don't know what the word is. Yeah, he's very loving. He loves our kids. Um, so thoughtful. He's very thoughtful. We'll get a gift. Um, and, he, and he's, I don't know if he just mellowed out in his old age, but um, he's still, you know, um, passive aggressive type uh, to my mom and some stuff. But, 
but he, yeah, Jordan and, and Casey at least didn't have to go through the abuse uh, mm. stage of it. Um, yeah. Physical, so, yeah. Yeah, the physical abuse stage of it. Um, they had to deal with the emotional and stuff like that. But um, yeah, me and my mom kind of weird that. So, as young. well, I'm just trying to think like growing up in this setting of, you know, put on your Sunday best, but at home you're different, right? So you you would have to, and I guess my question is, put on a front to man, my dad's the best, he's this, he's that, knowing yeah. at home there's abuse. What I mean, that does a lot to a kid. Yeah, I could use I could, uh, a lot of different things, you know. I could put on a front for anyone. Yeah. I can I can mold myself like a chameleon to fit in anywhere. So, so school was easy for me. Okay. Um, I could fit in with everyone. I could fit in with the coolest of the cool kids. I could fit in with the lamest of the lame kids, like my yeah. wife. Okay. Uh, so, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you got any milk around here? <laughs> so, but yeah. So, so school for I, I could I could play the part. I learned to play the part. I learned at a young age. Um, yeah, everyone thought my dad was great, but behind closed doors, it was a did, train. Wreck. Did it ever like people ever know? Uh, yeah, my family knew. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, at a young age. My mo- my dad usually was never really physical with my mom, but he got physical one time. They were got in an argument. My brother was probably just a baby um, at that time, and uh, you know, so he got physical with her, and I could hear it going on. And I was in my room and uh, kind of panicking. And my mom just said, "You know, run, Jared, run, or whatever." And my aunt lived a couple, probably three or four blocks over. So I bolted out the door as fast as I could and, and just started running. Well, I guess that scared my dad enough to leave my mom alone. He went running out to try to stop me or whatever. Um, so that kind of helped that, and that kind of probably started the process of them separating. Um, so my dad went to stay with his parents for a little while after that that happened, but that kind of transformed my whole being as a, as mm-hmm. a child. So um, I look back, and uh, you know, I've told my wife she's – um, crying, but, uh, I just wish I was strong at that time. Mm. So I, I devoted everything to get, get strong. Um, it changed my life where I didn't take anything off of anyone. So, um, I always had anger. I have my dad's anger probably in me, um, a little bit. So my natural bends toward, toward that of being a little hot headed at times. So I, I, I do a very good job of to hold it back, but I I would just would never take anything from anyone. So if you yeah. if you came at me, you were gonna get right what you wanted, and I wasn't scared of anyone because I dealt with my dad all the time. So. And he was the scrawniest little teenager ever too, which is the funniest thing. <laughs> but like, anything lanky, if a fight broke tall, out, lanky. let's go. Really, yeah. let's let's go. Did you ever like get huge in the gym and? Uh, when I was in college, roids. I got really strong. I didn't take any roids, but I I got really strong at one time. So yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just looking back. You wish you could have. Mm. I wish I was big. And my dad was always a big dude. Um, you know, he got a college scholarship to play tight end at Arkansas. Um, so he was a big dude. And um, so yeah, I look back at those yeah. times of wishing sure. I could have done something. Sure. But my mom, you know, I think she enjoyed the fact of she told me I did a good job or whatever when I ran out the room. But I always look back at that moment of like. Wish I could have took my dad mm. at that, uh, that oh, stage yeah. of my life as like a nine or ten year old, but you know, 
Yeah. yeah. Just couldn't do it. So. Yeah. yeah. So they separate. Are your parents still separated? No. They're back together. together. They've, okay. They've, uh, so they separated. They worked through marriage counseling. They did all the um, the stuff. It, it was really good. Um, it was probably a year before he came back in the house. So he lived with his parents the whole time. We would see him once a week on the weekends. We'd go meet up somewhere and at a McDonald's playground or at a park or something, hang out, um, do different things. Um, but... Yeah, they would work through counseling. They um, did Christian counseling and did through the whole thing. And then, yeah, it was good for a couple of years. And then, yeah, he never was really abusive physically after that. So yeah. um, he, he eventually, you know, fell back into his normal ways of, you know, I guess psychologically and emotionally type. Yeah. Have you ever, I mean, just a question I, I guess we'll get from that. Would you, would you say you've ever had somewhat of a conversation about like why? I haven't. No. I haven't talked to him about it at all. Uh, okay. I think I would be. My dad can't take me now, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wouldn't be a good thing. Yeah, I'm just gonna let it lie. I would love for him. The best thing ever for you know little Jared uh, in my heart would be for him to come and you know just apologize and break down himself. Um, mm. I just try to be you know the father he's not. So, That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. So your mom, strong woman. Mom, very strong woman. Deals with it all. Um, Yeah, she's faithful. Um, uh, I always tell everyone, everyone's like, well, why does your mom not leave? Like your dad, you know, if your dad's such a bad dude, why does your mom just divorce him or whatever? But I say that she is the best example to me of what marriage is when you take those vows. Yes. So you take those vows, you say better or worse. She's in the worst part like she's not all you know butterflies and rainbows most of the time so but she's faithful she made a commitment to god um she goes to bible study she goes to church every now and then she comes here every now and then um she goes with my brother because it's literally like half a mile from their house uh at bethany yeah 71st on her 29th and um yeah she's a strong christian yeah strong woman and she would be in church every Every day, if yeah. she could, it's it's the psychological stuff still. Yeah, he gets he's my dad's very controlling, and he's like, "Where are you?" Has to know where she is twenty four seven. I'm like, when she's gone, I'm like, yeah, "Go, go, boo! Like, I can go <laughs> yeah. r- do my writing lawnmower. You go, so I can go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah, go it's do whatever I want. Um, yeah, but yeah, my dad's very controlling. So it's why are you doing that? Why are you going to Bible study? And I'm like, yeah. so it's those type of things where mm. she does them at home and she reads. Um, but yeah, well, so. and Pappers is his grandpa, who is probably the most influential person. Yeah, my grandpa um, kind of helped raise me. Um, is this your mom's parents or mm-hmm. dad's? My, yeah, my mom's parents. Okay. I, I went over there probably every weekend as a kid. And it was nice. It was a break, so yeah, I would for sure. Stay up all night, play Monopoly. Um, Literally, we'd play Monopoly three or four games. I don't know how my grandpa did it looking back. I, I get <laughs> you know annoyed after playing one game. Hey, like, grand, hey. Grandkids are special. But, yeah, so he you, would you do, do it. Things. Um, he taught me everything about um, – he literally could fix anything. We called him MacGyver. Um, yeah. Just give him a little bit of duct tape and stuff, and he could fix it. So it. I learned my love of tools and building stuff from him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he truly raised me. Um, best man. I've ever met in my life, so it's always hard to compartmentalize. My dad going to church, um, profess, uh, like professing Christian, um, yeah. 
grandfather didn't want anything to do with it because he viewed Christians as all hypocrites. Right. But literally, would anyone, you know, on the side of the road, he would always stop, help him change a thing. Like, he emulated what a Christian should be all the time, but I don't think he ever was a Christian. So um, they always think he went to, when he was in college or something, went, you know, he always said he went to church for chasing girls back in the day, but, uh, but he was just a great man. So, um, yeah, I try to, I try to emulate him of like all he does, give his shirt off his back for anyone, help him out and do anything he would. So yeah, yeah he had a big influence in my yeah. life growing up. That's so cool. Yeah. So you, so you get to this point where you're in high school and you're 16 and you're, um, 21, 21. <laughs> How does that, how does it work? How do you meet? What's that like? Um, was it love at first sight? I mean, what t- kind of take us through that um, portion? Uh, it was love for me at first sight. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time too. So hey, shout out to this. her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> she's actually um, uh, she's actually in the WNBA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> super sporty. <laughs> super sporty. You uh, missed out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I was the manager of the pool. I knew both of her sisters. Um, yeah, okay. my older one of my sisters worked as a lifeguard. Okay, yep. okay. In the past, she worked so, as a lifeguard so for years. Familiar. And I knew her older sister because, um, you know, college days and we'd party or whatever. So she would be at a party. So, um, so yeah, I knew both of her sisters. I didn't know her at all. Okay. Um, Brooklyn, her her middle sister, um, wasn't going to come back to the pool and work. So she was wanting to work and. So I was like, all right, you know, come on board. I was building a staff of lifeguards up, and that was my dream. Like, I love, like, still today, I wish I could be a lifeguard and <laughs> really? just do, do nothing. It's the greatest job ever. You get a tan, you this sit true. there, and I can spin a whistle with the best of them. And he played basketball <laughs> I played all basketball the all the time. I said I get paid to play basketball. That's um, so Because cool. they had a court, and it was great. As, as an elementary, middle school age kid, those people are cool. Yeah. yeah. They are And he was. Cool. Like, every yeah. kid every kid was loved like, man. Jared. Yeah. They loved him. Do you have yeah. any nicknames? J-Dog. J-Rod. J-Rod, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jarhead. J-Bear. J-Bear, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, um, she came, and um, she was beautiful. Um, so, I was quizzing all the lifeguards because we had newbies coming through, and the pool water, you know, this is May, so May is always a terrible time to swim in a pool um, because it hasn't warmed up yet. Yeah. So, the water was probably like 68 degrees, but I was making them all go through um, – simulations of what would go wrong and, and stuff to save a kid. So I made her go through the toughest one. And then I was Naturally. the person she had to do. So uh did that. Deepened <laughs> deepened neck injury rescue. Yeah. And I Dang. was like itty bitty and I had to dive from the shallow end. And I was yeah, in my yeah, strong yeah. days at this time. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was yeah. bad news. So, so you planned this in a sense. Yeah, in a sense. I yeah. mean Yeah. So yeah, she was beautiful from the start. So I, I did that. Um <laughs> I ended up, so I was in a long-term, uh, okay, here's this a funny story. Great, yeah. So I was in a long-term relationship. So four years, I, I could tell it wasn't going anywhere. Like I was just in it and I, I didn't want to, yeah. you know, break her heart, I guess. Uh, Which is Jared to a T. Like if he gets, if you get an order wrong, he's just going to, he's just going to eat it. Like yeah. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. not yeah. I'll just power through it. It's yeah. fine. I, I don't care to, to try to yeah, yeah, sure. cause problems. So She's going through. So she was like, well, when are we going to get engaged? Or whatever. I said, once I graduate college, well, I'll uh, propose to you or whatever. So I could have already graduated like 
a, sem- a whole semester before, but I just kept going to school because I didn't want to <laughs> Jared almost has a master's degree. Almost, He's like six hours away from a master's degree. Yeah, so, that, so, so as soon as yeah. he met me the next semester, he graduated college, like done. Yeah, so I was Oh done my then, so. goodness. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so. That's yeah, hilarious. She probably doesn't know that. So, um, she does now. So, yeah, so, yeah. so she was she went out of town. She went out of town. And um I, my boyfriend obviously was at camp. And yeah, well, we were on a break. Yeah, my bro, say, my break, break boyfriend. And I would talk about him like, no, you guys don't know. And Jared's like, listen, I know. I know boys and mm. I know what he's telling you, what a break means. Like I know. And I was like, You don't know him. And he said, Let me just take you, like, let's go as a group, but it's not, you know, inappropriate or anything. Like that. I'll just go as a group and I'll show you what a real date is. And let's see if he's ever done that for you. And I was like, okay, fine, free dinner, let's go. So he got all dressed up. He cleaned his car. He drove a little Honda, little mm-hmm. two-door Honda Accord, and cleaned it all up, got nice. We all went out to a restaurant, and I ordered a rack of ribs because that was me. Like, I'm not going to put on a show, you yeah. know. I'm not going to salad. So rack of ribs, he buys my dinner. We went bowling. It's a great night. Nothing happened. Like, nothing happened that crossed any lines or anything like that. We just both knew. Yeah. Yeah. I took her back home and. Yeah, he took me home and that was it. Dropped me off. My girlfriend at the time came back uh, home. I broke up with her and said, yeah, this is over. She brought him a cheesecake and he was like, I don't even like cheesecake. (laughs) How about that? She did. She brought me back a cheesecake. Mm -hmm. I ended up giving it to all the lifeguards at the pool. Yeah. But then I broke up with her. So he breaks up with her. I don't know how he just did, and then his parents were out of town at the time, and um, right, weren't yeah. they? And so, but he left. He, his hours were over or whatever. He left. I was still on as a lifeguard, and she shows up. She pulls in. Sure, she does. Yeah, of course. I hid. Oh yeah. I am okay. the most non-confrontational <laughs> yeah. person still to this day. So like you think she knows who you are? At this oh, point. she knew. I think he told her. Like there, because she asked, "Is there someone else?" And he said. Yeah, I'm interested in someone else, you know. So she knew, and <laughs> I'm gonna lie to her. I, I to her. yeah, it's not you. And anymore, I hate sorry. your cheesecake. Yeah, and I'm graduating in like mm-hmm. three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's terrible because she is that she's really nice. I'm friends with her now. Like everything's great. <laughs> it just wasn't great at the time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, so I hid in the what did you call it? Like the lifeguard the office. office. Yeah. Sure. hid behind a, a refrigerator like got down was hiding because i knew she was coming for me so i said to another lifeguard i said cover for me like tell her i'm not here and he said okay i will well everyone was afraid of her and so she came in and was like where's taylor and he said he pointed right at me right there and i was like oh oh there's that uh paper clip that i found you know so she confronted me it was really nasty poked my shoulder a couple times he will come back to me. I was like, okay, that's fine. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Just and that was it. Like, that was it. So, and yeah. then we never, I don't think we ever saw her again. She, she like dated his friend for a while and that was fine. And it was over. So that was, yeah. we started dating. It was a big deal because of our age yeah. difference. Um, I was just about to ask mm-hmm. that. What, I mean, what are your, what does your mom think? What's your, my mom, I mean, my mom is, I don't know. I'm sure she was concerned, but my mom was more concerned with everything that was going on in my life, right, you know? Sure. So, um, and he loved my Jeep. That's a big part of the story. Mm. He lo- he saw my gold rims and he was like, I love those. And I was like, 
that is a gentleman. Like yeah. he loves, so that was a big yeah. deal to me. But um, just tell her the truth now. Jerry. Yeah, I know. No, he's still no, really good. They were he, cool. <laughs> he loved it. Yeah. Um, so my mom, I think, was fine. But the problem became his parents weren't happy about it. They called me a bimbo, oh, really? and they hated me for a really long time. And yeah, so I had to have a sit down with them. I'm like, this isn't happening. I'm going to marry this girl. I'm letting you know right now. And it, this was like probably two months into us dating. Wow. Um, okay. So I was like, I don't know what it is, but um, there's just something like there's something with her. So I, I know I'm going to marry her. So if you guys want to be part of my life. You know, get on you're going to get on board. If you don't, then, hey, this will be the last time we have to talk. That's that's wow. fine. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. So, so um, we had had so many converse. Jared and I had had so many conversations about my dad and my relationship with him at the time because it was all still within a year. Like my dad, uh, after he left, before there was a year between, you know, in Oklahoma, the law is you have to be divorced for a year before you can get remarried. And so I think if you have kids, maybe. Um, so they hadn't even been divorced a year. And he went out of state and got married without oh, telling wow. anyone to the same lady. Um, she's still my stepmom to this day. I adore her. I love her. She's my kid's Mimi. I think she's the only reason I still have a relationship mm-hmm. with my dad today um, and that my kids have a relationship with him. So I love her. Um, but they got married without telling anybody. And that was hard. That was really, really hard. And so my dad and I had had some forced daddy daughter dates of conversations and things. And it just never was what I needed it to be, I guess. And he never would apologize and just own it. And that's all I really wanted. Um, and so Jared reached out anonymously to my dad and like texted him and said, I don't know what it Like, if you want a relationship with your daughter, these are the things you need to do. You need to own what you did. You need to apologize. And you need to start fresh and, like, build a real relationship with her. My dad was livid. Like, so mad. Went on a spree of trying to figure out who he was. Well, of course, my sisters had his number. So they tell him. And he's like, who is this dude? And then it was my stepmom that said, you can't say anything. We're six years apart, too. Like, you're six years older than me, so, like, you can't say anything about it. And so he really didn't. And and at that time, he didn't have a say. He yeah, was gone. Right. Like, he was not living in our yeah. home, not really having zero to do with me in my life. Yeah. So um, that was it. I mean, we just dated from then on, and it was just – I still lived at home with my mom. He had his own house. That was it. Like, yeah. So – How um, long did y'all date? Dated five years, and then uh, – so she got through college – um, we, uh, got engaged like her last, uh, year in college. Um, and then, yeah, we've been together now for going on 12 years. So been married together, 12, married years, 12 yeah. years and been, yeah, together, I guess, total of 17 mm-hmm. years now. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. So where did that courage come from, Jared? Just to like text her dad and. Well, I just, I, I could see how broken she was, um, it's still the big hole in her um, to this day. And it's just that, you know, every girl needs a special relationship with her father. And I could see what needed to happen to fix it. I was just trying to, like, hey, dude, like, you could really get – and I could view it from my point. I was like, if I had a daughter, I'd want someone to – if I was being an idiot, just come tell me I'm an idiot. It's fine. I don't mind you someone telling me I'm an idiot. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
I was just trying to fix that situation, but it was probably just growing up and not caring. I really don't care what people think about me or, and I, I really just don't care if, if you like, like me or not. It, it's a bad thing to say, but I, it might've yeah. been growing up as a kid and not taking anything from anyone. Um, so I just reached out and said, Hey, if you want to fix this thing, this is what you should do. And, and you could really, you know, get a, a relationship back with your daughter and, mm. It didn't go as – I didn't think it through because I was young and dumb at the time. Right. I was thinking, well, he's not going to have my number. He'll never know who I am. Um, but, yeah, I, I forgot that I already had relationships <laughs> with her sisters, so that, it didn't work that out well. Yeah. So. so so at that point, I dropped out, right, and I yeah. tried to do I tried to do online school. That was all in this same timeline. Um and a lot of people blamed Jared, like, oh, you're dropping out to date some adult man. And it, it was not my decision had been made, you know, six months before that. Uh, I didn't want to call it dropping out. And nowadays it's like, oh, I will I do virtual school. Yeah. Right. But back then that wasn't really a thing. So OU sure. had a program that was kind of like an Oklahoma virtual high school. But you paid like college class Ooh. prices. So my mom was like, this is what we're, I'm going to spend the child support on. Like I'm, but I could only take, and we could only afford like two classes a semester. So it was going to put me back, um, graduating either a semester or a full year after my class. And I just wasn't willing to do that. So my dad is the one that said like, are you going to go on to college? And I said, yes. And he said, then no one will ever know that you got your GED. And so just go do it. And I did. And I made friends with everybody there in the GED class. And I didn't even take the class. I just took the test. And, um, and I passed it. And then I went on to college. And I was a day late for the TCC free college. Oh, man. My dad and I were supposed to go the day before. And he had a meeting come up. And so... We went the next day, and it was like, oh, you just missed it. Yeah, so yeah. I paid for college. Um, Jared was lucky enough for his parents to cover that, and that's – I mean, if, if I can do anything as a parent, like that's – if, oh, if sure. my kids choose to go to college, that's what I would love to do. Um, huge burden. And then I just went into early childhood education and uh, poured my life into that, and then, yeah, got engaged – I had high stipulations for our proposal. I wanted it to be like with people. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's always a question we like to ask. Yeah. How did you propose? Okay. So uh, she had rules on the proposal. She wanted like all of her family to be there. Um, wanted it to like be videotaped almost. So I was like, God, this is like a lot of rules to get yeah. proposed. So but I a can't, surprise. Yeah, I and she wanted to yeah. still be a sure. surprise. So oh, I'm like, yeah. how am I going to get a surprise? It always comes with stipulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to get a surprise, but I need her mom, <laughs> her stepmom, <laughs> and her dad, everyone mm-hmm. to kind of yeah. get together when they're not on friendly terms. So it was uh, a chore, but what I did was her stepbrother had a birthday around that time, so I rented out the pool. Um, we're, we're no longer lifeguards at this time, but still we're close to that pool, um, Burning Tree Pool. Um, behind like the Hooters and the old Bally's on 61st and Memorial. So um, rented that pool out, um, said that, hey, we need to go up there early. Lisa, her stepmom, wanted me to decorate it, like us to decorate it together um, for her brother's uh, birthday party or whatever. So I think it was like an uh, end of year. End of it was the, like it, an end it was of some summer type of party. or beginning of summer bash yeah. or okay. something. Um, so that's a nice cover right there. So yeah, yeah, so I had like him invite all his friends to the thing. So he had tons of friends there. So their whole family came. 
her mom came up for something to like, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like a, oh, Brooklyn forgot her you know, glasses or something. So her mom was going to come up there and give, I was and working a whole bunch of angles. Me, dress nice tomorrow night, like pick out a dress and whatever. Tomorrow night we have a big date planned. So yeah, everything was, was like put on that next Saturday and I wasn't expecting So I was trying to push everything back and then, so it was the best is, so I made her like, she Decorate. really decorated her own proposal. Yeah, so, so she <laughs> she literally decorated. I played, uh, you know, water volleyball with friends, and she she dec- <laughs> decorated the whole oblivious, right? Yeah, I had no idea. And like, I'm uh, so angry because it's so windy, and the tablecloths are coming off, and we're having to like tape them down. Like, it was awful. So yeah, she's she's decorating the whole thing. So oh then later goodness. on, so the party's going on. We started playing, and then like all of my friends were there and stuff, and we were playing uh, musical chairs. So we were all in it, and then I had it already worked out to where um, everyone was going to drop out, you know, one by one in the musical chairs, um, and then it would just be us two standing left, and then that's how I proposed to her. So it, that's it pretty went cool. as planned, that's I guess, smooth. except yeah. that I am very competitive, and so is he, and um, I would I made a fool of myself in that video. Like mm-hmm. I am jumping yeah, the around, out there, hooting so. and hollering. Oh, so, oh. It actually, I mean, fun fact: I was teaching at Jinx my very first year, and I got called into the principal's office and a, I guess a parent anonymously complained about the video because um, oh. I a teacher in a swimsuit, I guess. So I had it removed, but oh. it's still there now, I think. It's I just had YouTube it channel, put on private. Yeah, like check me out. Subscribe. Uh, check no. me out. Subscribe. <laughs> Florida Gators you want to shout out your channel, Jerry? Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so. yeah. No, that's good. That's really good, especially the fact that you decorated your own. That's yeah, it was good. Fantastic. So it worked mm-hmm. out well. Mm-hmm. We got married a year later. Okay. Um, in Sepulpa, and it was perfect. It was a hot, hot day, and it was everything. Yeah. My uncle's a pastor. He came mm-hmm. down and, and did the service, and yeah, it was awesome. Which so. you have a lot a, of people. We did about two hundred. Yeah. Okay. Came. Um, did your was, dad walk you down the aisle? My dad did walk me down okay. the aisle, but he didn't perform the wedding, which you know he's performed a lot of weddings. He's yeah. still a pastor today. He's still preaching, which is a whole other. I mean. You know, it is what it is. But um, that was just something important to me that I didn't, you know, his uncle was willing to do it. He did premarital counseling with us, and we had to read this awesome book. um, And we had to meet for breakfast and talk about it. And Mm -hmm. they live out of town, out of state. So they came in and asked us about it. And he asked me point blank, when you get to heaven, um, why, what what did he say? Like, what she's going to say? Or if Jesus asks you, why should I let you in? What are you going to yeah. say? And I was like, oh, well, I am really good. Like, I'm a really good person. I'm really nice. I try really hard yeah. to be kind and giving and loving. And so I just feel like Jesus should let me in. And Jared was like, the whole time, Jared's like nodding, like, good answer, good. You know, like the whole yeah. like family. I'm like, I'm like this answer. is going terribly. Yeah. And the whole time in his head. So he knows it's terrible. And then he he starts talking. I'm like, here we go. I'm clearly the talker in the relationship. And he just gives this, well, Jesus is going to let me in because I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and he rose again. And I was like, oh, no, I yeah. said the wrong thing. I got it wrong. Yeah. And for, I have never ever, ever let that moment go. But but honestly, looking back, I think that's what I believed. I think I believed in real... Mm. I think that my faith was in religion. Mm. And it was in the to-dos and the checking the boxes and the looking the part, right? And 
So I'm glad that it happened because it's what kind of catapulted us into digging in and and learning more. So, um, yeah, we got back into church. mm -hmm. Um, we started going to Battle Creek. Um, it was a big change for her. She always grew up in small churches from her dad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, star of the show, you know, you think about how your girls walk through these halls and everybody's like, Hey, how's it going? Like that's, you get used to that. Yeah. Like that's it's so that's normal. what she was used to. Yeah. She was like, but no one's gonna know me there. I'm like, it's not about you, boo. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Um <laughs> so it was a change in her mindset. Um, but it was great. And it's true. You know, you go to Battle Creek, no one knows you. Yeah. At all. You can go go there a million times. No one's gonna really know you if you don't get plugged in. So right. um they did a good job of uh, roping us into volunteering. So this we'll, we'll train Adam up in this. Yeah, uh, please. So, so did I got you know a sermon on volunteering and why you should get plugged in on different aspects of volunteering, and then so at the end we all raised our hand of like who wanted to volunteer. So he's like, okay. Well, and it was more like who's feeling the call to serve, and it, we you know a bunch of us raised our hands, and then they were like, okay, those of you raising your hands, stand up right now. And then they walked yeah. us right out into a room to where we could sign up for somewhere yeah. to volunteer. So, so it we was did. like a. Fantastic. So we were like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, <laughs> it was a huge thing to where then from there, um, we got plugged in. And and yeah. truly, if you serve and you start giving back, it changes. You get, I don't know, you're you're more attached to the church. Um, sure. In yeah, the, in that aspect. And then we got involved in a, um, a community group there, and I will say. Um, that, that probably truly changed our whole um, outlook on a whole lot of things. Um, Battle Creek does community groups very well. Um, they've got like 100 billion of them. Yeah. So we did. Uh, and we came from only knowing Sunday school. That's an important yeah, sure. component. Like we really only knew round, like sitting around a room in chairs talking about a study or. A lesson. Yes. Or and right. so to come to this of like community where we're having babies with like you know together and you're a mom and I'm a mom and you're a dad and you're and it just like sharing our marital problems Mm. and um losing job like all the things all the life things we truly learned everything from that and that is where like when we came here that was we, we wanted one so bad like we knew we had to get plugged in and and find a community because you can sit you can sit in church, yeah. and and I think that when you do do the sit and get thing, which we've done too, you are more susceptible to like getting hurt, you know, like feeling hurt by something that happened or by um, your preferences, you know, like well they don't do what I like, and so I'm gonna. But when you are connected in a way of a community group where those are your people, those are your friends it's it's just different it's like yeah maybe I don't like that but you know what I love I love these people yeah. and that's why it's really big to me like I want everybody to feel welcome in our group a hundred percent but I also believe that you got to find the group that works for you like sure. you got to find your yeah. people yeah, 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 and yeah. I may not be it I know I'm not a lot of people's people you know yeah. that's okay um he thinks he's everybody's people right mm, Jer? Yeah, yeah true sure yeah for sure yeah. but it was for 10 years, we were a part of a group at Battle Creek, and it was the hardest thing to leave. But we were feeling like we just weren't being fed. Not, And that's a bad thing to say, but it was the same um, cycle of sermons. Do you want to speak? <clears throat> yeah. It's kind of like, you, you know, March has come up. You knew what, what – you might like rebrand it a little bit, but the same sermon was getting ready to get preached kind of year after year. 
um, during the time we were there. Alex? Yes. yes. Yeah. No, and he's great. Um, do I, they still do that? I don't know. I don't know. I think they've changed a little bit. But I during think they that still time, do some, like Facing Your Giants or whatever. But it was like every January was tithing. And every, Yeah, you I could almost know. like on the dot probably predict well, what the calendar was coming well, up on the thing. So I was like, I've heard this sermon before. And, you know, after like the second and third time of hearing, I, I, was, I was at the point there, I had already read through the whole Bible, really knew my faith. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I would say a closet Calvinist, I guess. I don't, you know, I'm, you I'm a Calvinist. Like Calvinist. I don't like the, I don't like the, the word Calvinist, like, cause I don't care about a man, but th- that's where I lean, um, spiritually on, on my beliefs. Yeah. So I don't, you know, go out there and, and beat anyone over the head with it. Like some people do, but, um, that's where I believe. So I had gone through the whole Bible. I read, was listening to so many sermons, so many extra books, study Bibles, systematic theology books, and I was just on fire. And for years, you know, any type of information you can get in front of me, I was reading it um, at that stage. So I really was just wanting something more. Like I was already doing my own stuff, and I really just didn't want to come sit and kind of get the same thing I had heard before. We had, were also in the process of moving out to Coweta. Um, so we moved out to Coweta, and we were still going to Battle Creek and stuff. And I wanted a local kind of church yeah, sure. um, you know, in my community that I could pour into um, for my kids and everything. So literally, she just started emailing people out. Um, well, actually, my hair girl, shout out, Alex's hair girl too, Katie Morrow now, but at the time, okay. Salmon. Um, we met from at First Baptist Broken Arrow, and okay. she's done my hair for years, and I told her what we were doing and looking for, and she said, you know what? There's a pastor that is now doing, like, the full-time thing in Coweta, and you'd love him. Like, he's tatted up from, you know, <laughs> like, head to toe, and I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, you should try it. Like, you should just try it. So I emailed him, and one of my biggest question was, like, my husband is very much a reformed theologist. Would he feel comfortable sitting under your teaching? And he replied, I mean, within 24, it was less than 24 hours, probably a couple hours he replied. And it was a huge long email back. And it was just exactly what I needed. You know, like he, first of all, he said, I'm not a reformed theologist. You know, like I don't, but we have lots in our church. You would never know who's who you, you know, they've all, they all feel comfortable here. Yeah. Um, so we visited and my one fear was that his desire, like what he was looking for in a preacher, um, that it wouldn't match with what I was looking for in worship and, and that I needed that, you know, like that's a big thing for me, the worship music. And so I was afraid we were going to come in and not, I don't know, it was just going to be very different. Well, I think there's not every church, but I think that the more, reformed almost presbyterian yes. yeah. church gonna mm-hmm. be more. it's not probably more modern right. it's, it's yeah. very traditional yes and so that that would be if that is a worry i mean that's mm-hmm. yeah. that's a valid thing because yeah. you, you probably don't find those a lot yeah. right and we have friends the friends yeah. that first talked to us about reformed theology they uh they actually switched to a presbyterian church just because they couldn't really find a pastor that was yeah. preaching what they, I guess, what they were looking for. Um, but we weren't, we didn't love the infant baptism. You know, we really, when I tell you, like, we dug in and we wanted to decide for ourselves, how are we going to raise sure. our children? Absolutely. You know, what are we going to, 
just go and be a part of from here on out because we wanted to commit. And so anyway, Adam's email was great back. We visited, actually, I looked it up. It was six years ago, April 30th. So just a few days ago, we had like six wow. years ago, we came, okay. visited and um, loved it. Like came every Sunday from then on. We joined on our anniversary that June. And then just there was a time well, probably the next Easter, um, Gibson was still a toddler and we came to the eight o'clock service and, uh, <laughs> you, you know, this story already. I don't know. Um, we came to the eight <laughs> o'clock service to try to like get, you know, let's do this. And then we can host lunch. Yeah. Now Casey hosts lunch. We do not do that there anymore. So thank goodness. Shout out. Um, but we came and we stood there at the doors, like the nursery doors back in the old building. And, uh, we waited and waited, and Megan, who was the, the Megan, is it Getter? Is that uh, right? Yeah. Yes, she was our preschool person at the time. Uh, she was like, "Oh, there's no preschool today. I'm sorry, like not this hour." And I was like, "Oh, we know. Yeah, for sure. We were just you just standing. Here. Yeah, just standing here for a second. We <laughs> left, and I'm telling you, we didn't come back for weeks. I was really? so embarrassed. I said we were gonna go grab something and come back, so I just lied." But it was just out of embarrassment, and I, I just was like, I don't want. I that's not. I don't like that. Like I'm so humiliated, and so we just yep. didn't. And then the longer we went without coming, the harder it was to come back. And so Harper was the one that one day said, like, when are we going back to church? And I don't know. And so we finally yeah. did. And okay. then the part that's the most meaningful to me is that that church hurt. That's something I carry with me forever. But I was just. I just knew that we would walk in and everybody would be like, where have you been? Like, we have counted your attendance and you're yeah, failing, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, sure. And instead we came in and you greeted us and you were like, what up, guys? Like, how are you? Like, no time had passed at all. Adam did the same. It was, yeah. it was just so reaffirming. And then from then on, it was like we were just in. And I heard a story recently about someone else that went through the exact same thing years later and you were the exact person that said, what's up, guys? congratulations really? like you had read their news <laughs> on facebook and we're so excited and oh, yeah. it was like no time had passed so shout out to seth garrett hey, for being cool. you know i don't remember any of that <laughs> i know so. but that's that's Fantastic. good it's a good thing no so. i think that's and, and i think for me that brings up a question because both of you come from a very unique upbringing with tr trauma yeah. i mean to a degree right yeah that involves church mm -hmm. playing church pastor's kid all that stuff coming into marriage that there is some working out of mm -hmm. how do we actually like get through church hurt how do we actually not play the game of hey we're just going to church and everyone thinks we're great and so um maybe maybe just to explain for me because i'm curious how was that for you guys was it a, a big process? I know you said individual kind of diving mm -hmm. into the word, finding out what you believe. But as a couple, I mean, that can be difficult. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, Alex and I, we don't agree on every little thing. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. No, we don't agree. And when, when I, like, really dove deep and, like, became reformed in my theology or whatever. She Do was you like, preach at her a lot? Yeah. I was like, well, I was trying to explain to her what I was like. She's like, I think you're crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but for the longest time, I still don't know if she truly, like, and I, I don't care, really. It's just what I believe. 
So I, I'm not trying to like hold it up. He on knows to it's anyone. not yeah, like yeah, yeah. a make or break thing. Yeah, it's not faith. part of the yeah. yeah. So it's not you know if she was like, well, the Trinity is not true. I'm like, well, we have something to talk about. But yeah, sure. It's not a, a thing to hang your hat on. So um, yeah, we we knew we wanted to raise our kids in church. Um, I truly was a Christian. I, you know, I'd fallen out, kind of, but we knew we wanted to get back in. We started getting back in, and I would say we probably played church. For the beginning, like we were doing it, going, sitting and getting, um, and it was good. It got us our feet wet back into it. Um, but when we really kind of sold out, so this is before we even, um, got pregnant or anything with Harper. We'd, we'd been going to church. We joined a community group before then the whole community group had kids. We were the only ones without. And then within like three months of being in the group, we were pregnant. Um, some in the water. Yep, mm-hmm. there was. So everyone in that group was getting pregnant. So yeah. yeah, it truly was. We were all young together um, at that time. Um, probably not diving deep into the word all that much uh, at that time. Um, going through group, um, would go through the lesson kind of, but wouldn't do the work like I'm doing now. Like yeah. so now we we do like a study. We're both listening to multiple sermons over it reading multiple different passages from different books, reading the word, mm-hmm. doing our whole research so we really know um, what to share with our group um, in those type of moments. So then we were just kind of, you know, I'd say almost checking a box, but it was, we were just growing slowly, I would say, in that that point. I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I never had a spiritual leading in the house, so I wasn't a spiritual leader in our house at all by any means. Um so, yeah, no Bible study, no reading the Bible together. Um, anything like that was happening. I was, when I came, got on fire, I just did it myself. So, like, she would right. see me just reading, but I, I wasn't leading the family at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Harper, you know, went to church. We we uh, did the whole serving and everything. Um, and, and it was good. Um, that's kind of how we kind of grew our family. And I think we slowly both got on fire um, for God. Like, she's... Um, literally on fire right now. Well, uh, and before we came here, there's a, and before you really dug in. Yeah, truly. I've lost my job twice in my, my life, I guess, uh, from, from being fired. So first time, uh, I was at a tax firm back in the day and, you know, panicking, uh, didn't really trust in God uh, a whole lot. So, you know, I was playing my own God, um, Got fired, thought that's what I would do, even though I hated um, that job because the hours, um, thought that's just what I would do my whole life. Um, so it was a, you know, shook me to my core, struggling, scrambling, trying to find a job somewhere. Um, got a job um, working in governmental accounting. So governmental and nonprofit were the things when I went through school, I said, I'll never work in there. Yeah, get you now. Uh, <laughs> worst things ever. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Sure. We should all be trying to make money. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, so I got a job, you know, um, at a place for about eight and a half years I worked there. I thought I'd work there the rest of my life, too. So I worked for the Housing Authority of Tulsa. Um, kind of got fired um, uh, because— Just put I, that together, HOA. <laughs> okay. You're that yeah. guy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, worked there, and I got fired. Um, kind of knew some— some things weren't being done correctly. Um, so I was going to kind of blow the whistle and I kind of let that out to people that I was going to tell people that 
things weren't going on. So I think they were going to try to get rid of me yeah. before that happened. But I ended up just sending an e- uh, a letter to the board just to let them know so they could fix the problems. But, uh, but I was okay with it. Like I literally got fired the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it literally was six years ago, the day after Christmas, um, came in that, my boss just handed me a letter. It said, um, you're being let go today. He said, you got any questions? I said, no. <laughs> Packed up my stuff and left. And I, I was content, like completely content. I came back home. Her sister was um, here staying with us because we had Christmas together um, from Oregon. And I was good. I, I was firm in my foundation that God's plan was going to work. I yeah. didn't know what his plan was, um, but I wasn't afraid of what was going to happen mm-hmm. at all. Um so literally 30 days later, I started a job on her birthday um, at 12 and 12, which is a drug and rehab facility. Had no clue about drugs or addiction or anything like that in my life. I never had to deal with any of that stuff. So, you know, 12 and 12, I've been around for forever in Tulsa. And I literally just took it because a headhunter said, hey, I think this would be a good job for you. So I started there as their controller because um, I had a lot of experience and um Literally about a year in um, from being there, uh, they got a, they added a couple new board members, some really sharp people on the board, and they could tell that the CFO didn't know what she was doing. Um, so they kind of pulled her out of that position, put her in another position, and then bumped me up into the C, uh, CFO role. And um, Joe Griffin, uh, amazing man, um, literally like a father figure, taught me everything to know about business he had kind of been he'd worked in the oil and gas and he's been a ceo for multiple multi-million dollar companies and he literally poured into me and it was it was rough and i hated every second of it (laughs) um but poured into me showed me what a leader should be um showed me what you should look for on financials showed me what you should look for in business told me the smart things to do um and literally i made so many reports and different things but he told me what it needed to be to be a board uh, member and how to run kind of a business and company and did that literally for about three years um to where i hated my job but literally all of our groups here i would come and be like i need you to pray (laughs) for me i hate my job i anything that opens up y'all hear anything i want to go somewhere else yeah well, and um, with the job at 12 and 12, because it has the ties to drug and rehab, we just thought when we came here and heard Adam's story for the first time, it was so affirming of just like, look, look what God could mm. use this for, you know, look sure. at this connection. And there have been a couple of times that yeah, that there's has been a couple of times where people have reached out from this church knowing that where I'm at and I'm able to help, you know, some aspect or relative or friend be able to get them through the door a little faster. But it just wasn't the blessing that we like. Yeah, and it, it was just being... 12 yeah. and 12 at the time. was It's a nonprofit that was struggling to make ends meet. So I would get calls all the time, probably 30 to 40 calls a day from people asking, when am I going to get paid on an invoice? And so I would wait until the third or fourth time they finally called, and then I would cut them a check because it was scraping pennies to get by. So we were in a lot of debt um, when I took it over, and we were losing a lot of money. We were in a big fundraiser, so um, that's really that board member came on and saw – well, you guys are losing a lot of money. You guys think you're making money, but you're not. Um, so completely changed the aspect to where we we got ourselves in a good position, and then we merged with a company here about a, a year and a half ago, um, Grand Mental Health. So now we're a massive company. So we went from uh, about 170 employees to now we got about 1,800 employees. Holy moly. And, yeah, I don't have to worry about paying bills and everything, and, and life's been better. So 
I was always trying to get out. I had multiple interviews and like second and third and fourth interviews for companies and nothing ever came of it. Yeah. And to see how, when the process came, when our church separated and when COVID happened and I knew I was like, I can do it. I was like, I, I'm, I can help the church do all the business aspect of it. I'll get them set up on, on different things. And it's truly God preparing. When I look back at it now, I hated every aspect of learning. It was rough. Like Joe was rough on you, but he taught you the right way. I I would refer to it as Gordon Ramsay with a chef. There you go. So he's training up a chef, how a chef should work. But so rough with me, but doing it out of love and teaching me. So, when that happened, you know, I reached out to Adam. We were all in the same thing. It was when you, when Adam dropped off that call and you were like, well, I'm not, I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying, <laughs> but, you know, we're going to be our own church coming <laughs> yeah. up or whatever. So I reached out to Adam. I was like, hey, I can do all the accounting for the thing. I'll do all the books, like no charge. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's all good. Like, let's do it. I'll, you know, get the process rolling of getting us and into a company or whatever. Because I'd gone through those steps before of wow. everything. So it, it was nice to see that it all worked out. Um for those things and, and preparing all that stuff um, came and, you know, I still hated it <laughs> working where I was at that time. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, on, on the back end now, I'm, I'm in a company that I love and it's, it's much easier now. That's so cool. So yeah. And that's so cool. There's yeah. so many things in life that God's preparing you for something. Yeah. In the, but in the moment or in the season of you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. please get me out. I not want to be here. Yeah. I'm trying everything I can do in my own power to get a, a different job somewhere else. Yeah. And, God's slamming And it probably doesn't make sense at that moment, right? You're like, what in the world? Like, yeah. Now you, now you know. Yeah. Yeah. So similarly with my job, I was teaching and I loved teaching. It was my dream job. Right. But it was hard and I wanted to do something more. I went Mm -hmm. back to school, got my master's in administration. And two years ago over the summer, um, I was called, I, I told Jared, I said, I'm not, I'm never leaving the classroom. I know I got my master's. I know I put us into debt even further, but like, I'm not going to be a principal unless someone calls me up and says, we want you. Right. And he said, well, that's never going to happen, but okay. And <laughs> it happened. Like they called and said, Hey, we want you for this assistant principal job. And I was like, Oh, let me pray about it. Like I have an intern next year. So that doesn't really work with my schedule. I don't know. And he was like, do it. Like the money guy, you know, he's like, do it. It's so much better. It's better money. It's better hours, whatever. I was like, it just doesn't feel right. Let me pray about it. I prayed about it. It just didn't feel right. I'm yeah. When I tell you Jared was beating his head against a wall, he truly was. <laughs> and I just said, I don't feel it. Like, yeah. I don't think God's calling me to that. And he was like, okay, I trust yeah. you. Yeah. I trust I you. I prayed and was like, all right, do you? Like, yeah. I, I didn't have like a strong opinion. I was like, it just doesn't make a sense. It's the thing you asked for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then just six months later, I was offered a job to work from home and design curriculum at home. So it gives me the freedom to help our church more. It gives me the freedom to be the mom that I want to be. It gives me, you know, and then his work had the merger. And so he was able to like take me onto his insurance. It just was the way like God's hand was in so much Mm -hmm. of that, all of that, Mm -hmm. I should say, um, that it's those moments that I think I cling to as someone who just has an anxious personality. Like I'm, I'm just anxious, you know, like I live with anxiety and, and to have something like that that I can look back on and say, look how faithful God was then. Yeah, right. and he's still faithful now. You yeah. know, he's gonna he's gonna bring his plan to fruition. And um, I think we're still I'm still working on things of just making sure glory goes to him. You know, as sure. a as a pastor's kid, that's still it's in my it's in my genes. Like I think every pastor, no offense to the pastors out there, have to have some sort of like look at me. 
as Jared says, look at me, Louie. I think mm. that's what his <laughs> podcast says. So <laughs> that kind of mentality, and my dad definitely has that still. And we all do too. All of us girls do too. And so it's been, it's been something that I'm having to, you know, rein in and say this isn't about me. You know, um, none of none of the things that we do, we should be getting accolades for, right? It's it's all the glory should go to God. So yeah, which is hard at times. So right? hard, yeah. I mean, I think even for people in ministry, especially mm-hmm. pastors, especially people put you on this mm-hmm. pedestal, and it's like. Pff, we're going to disappoint you like that, yep. you know, like, um, but I think it's valid, right? The church that you go through, the things yeah. you go through in life. I think that's, you know, that's the beautiful thing about doing something like this, where uh, you can relate to a lot of people that maybe didn't know this, mm-hmm. uh, who can walk alongside you or help you with, with something. But it's all the perspectives that everyone has. Like, I'm this way because of this. Right. Uh, that's happened in my life. And that's turns out to be really valuable for the church now. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the circumstances in your life that you have and not getting the job and then saying no to the the dream job and then doing, you know, but it all works out because God had a plan. But it's also the experience you can bring into that and the perspective you can bring into that is so valuable for so many different people. Um, and I think it's hard not to say, look, look at me, yeah. you know, um, but that's, I don't know. Well, it's I just, just think the, we, we look back on our past and think every one of those things as hard as it was, you know, um, as many people as my dad hurt because that it didn't just mess up my faith or my sister. Like it was a lot of people. Um, I I just have a different perspective of a pastor now, you know, like you're people, you're human Mm. and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to do things because I do too. We're Mm. all, as Jared's quoted a million times saying, we're all terrible people, you know? And I think that we do as a, as a, world we just put people up on a pedestal and we don't just do it to pastors we do it to a lot of people sure 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 sure. they they do it to teachers even you know and it's just the realization that everybody is a human and everybody has a limit and for my dad that was his family giant like that was his thing that he was battling his whole life and he he messed up you know i do believe that he's fixed it with between him and god like that's on them i just don't live with that like mm. i don't need to fix it anymore you know sure um but it's it it still affects me to this day like listening to some of the podcasts and hearing other people's stories has been such a blessing to me it just i think that we live sometimes in the darkness and in our shame and and this is something that's really bringing that to light and i i just think that when we live like that when we live authentically, we're able to build deeper roots that aren't going to shake us. Right. We're not the, the sound of the music isn't going to send us leaving this church or, um, make us decide. It's a hot topic. Oh, sorry. So sorry. So sorry. It's the drums, Darren. Shout out Darren. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's going to get a big head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but just, that's our big thing in our community group. You know, we want to build authenticity with one another, share our life stories in our groups even. And, Um, and just, I know we say this, like do life together as a cliche thing, but it's true. Like I, you know, our, one of our group members, brothers just died and that we want to wrap our arms around them and be with them. And because we've been there, like we've had that happen to us. And I think when you've had something happen to to you, you know, you know, you know better, you do better. And so. Uh, we're still learning and but sure. we tell our group all the time like don't put us up on this pedestal just because we did the study you know but yeah. but we all are guilty of that we all yeah hold people sure. to a high standard i think yeah 
So, so where are you at now? Where are the Sawyers today? How many kids do you have? What are they? Who are what they? What are they? Um, you just don't know nowadays. And mm-hmm. um, what's life like for you? What's and and then um, I'm going to end with um, just a question for each okay. uh, for each of you. Yeah. So we have Harper, who is 10. She um, was just baptized in December. She uh, placed her faith in Jesus Christ after so cool. VBS. Yeah. Shout out Koi. He's a big part of that. Uh, I think I think she probably prayed and did this on her own a long time ago. Um, but we were kind of trying to hold her back. We both got baptized young and we were, uh, we were uh, skeptical. I was like, yeah. come on, I, I need you to know yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. doing. Yeah. What you're doing. Don't, don't do it. Just do it because like yeah. we go to church and we love God. I don't want you to do it because of us. Or yeah, absolutely. And that girl, you, so. she is on fire for Jesus. I mean, she will hold the door open for someone and I'll say, Harper, let's go. Like, come on. She's like, mom, did Jesus leave the 99? No. <laughs> Or did he leave the one behind? That's what she said. I'm getting it wrong. Did he leave the one? Like, she is preaching the gospel all the, the time. The worst and part is you can't get mad at that. Yeah. No, you, you can't. Know? And it's like, you just got to eat it. Then. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she is, we always joked that she was either going to be a cult leader or, a, you know, she's just intense. She's, got, she's intense. She's, she's got a natural, bo- she's a natural born leader. Yes. Yeah. And but she's, she's bold. using it she's in the best way. She's very bold, and and yeah, um, I'm very proud of her. Yeah, and then Gibson That's also so cool. it just turned seven, and he is he just recently said like I want to pray, I want to ask Jesus into my heart, and Ooh. um, so we did that with him, and but we said it's not that we just we don't want to just send you off to be baptized right now. Like we want you talk to really it. dig yeah. in and talk Learn about, about that and. So that's where we're at right now with he's him. Good. He's good. He's He's teaching others. He like, is. hey, you're not. Sa-. He's got Adam's speech down. Of you're not saved by yeah. that. The that, holy water. Yeah. You're yeah. Not, there's no holy water there. It's just Kuita water. Oh, you can't even Kuita drink that water. water. Mm-hmm. So, so he's got that down. Yeah. He yeah, says he that does. every time. So, yeah, he Gibson's does. got it down. So yeah. So how recent was this for Gibson? Just a couple months ago. Yeah, probably a couple months. Okay. Yeah, and it, so. it's really a hard thing. Like we don't want to. Yeah, we haven't really told anyone or anything. Just we're like, hey. You're saved, bro. Breaking yeah. Um, yeah. Breaking on the podcast. We've, uh, we've recently started reading the Bible together. We started serving in kids' community and, with Pastor Robbie, and we're the first grade leaders in second service for that. And um, Pastor Robbie made a big deal about uh, doing a Bible reading plan. And so we just got it and started. And I, we've both read through the Bible before, but we've never done that with our kids. Yeah, and we sure. started. And it's, I saw someone say something the other day about, like reading the Bible isn't a to-do list. And I would agree with that, but sometimes it is. Sometimes you have to force yourself to do something and then it becomes a habit. And that's what happened for us, I would say, as a family. It was like, okay, we're going to sit down and we're going to do this. And we had to carve out that oh, time yeah, every night. It takes. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so... Yeah, because um, it's easy to... Something comes up all the time and yeah. you're like, oh, I'm too tired. I'm like, that. Oh. We're going to power through. I know, right. it, I know it's numbers in Leviticus, but we're going to power through oh, it. Yeah. We're going to get yeah. through it. Yeah. yeah. And it's been so great. I mean, yeah. like I said, every day is a new day for me. So I've read these stories before, but I'm like, he did what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't I believe that. that yeah. So uh, it's been really good, not yeah. just for our kids, but I think us modeling that. We're really working hard on prayer mm. um, for both of us to be stronger in that area and to to demonstrate that to our kids and to our group. And um, so, yeah, we're really – our kids have both played sports in the past, but right now we're on a really big push of, like, let's celebrate love and Jesus, mm. you know? Like, let's – the world, I think, wants us all to put things into worldly things, right? Put all our time, our energy, our money into worldly things. And we're 
at this place where we hate saying burnout for Jesus because burnout's like a buzzword these yeah. days, but really like that's our goal. Like if we're going to do something, we're doing it for Jesus. And yeah, I love it. Um, so yeah. that's, we're both just yeah, at I grew that up playing place. all the sports and like if you told me before, like we had kids, my whole goal was to get my kids into college. Oh, for sure. Free ride. Let's yeah. do it. I knew what they needed to do to excel in, in sports, but truly a mind change of like, I don't care at all about sports anymore. Like mm. I, I love sports still, but I don't care if my kids ever play it, do anything. Yeah. Um, I've seen so many of our friends, like that's all they do to where they neglect church and they even fall away from church because no, we got a soccer tournament and, and they're going to, you know, week by week to different tournaments and just not in church anymore and not raising their kids in church. And I'm like, and it's, it's just sad to me of like, what are you mm. doing? Um, it's the most important thing ever. Um, we saw a Francis Chan clip that talked about, you know, we spend so much time focusing on this much, right. you know, an inch of our life, you know, basically like, oh, I'm going to save all my money for this part of my life. And it's, you know, a millimeter. And what about eternity? You know, and so for us, it's so much more important, like mm. to just pour into our kids. And we're not perfect parents. Like we yell at our kids well, sh- and we get angry. And yeah, we try to you know. demonstrate it. Um, yeah. Like we're, we're real. So we try but to we be ap- real and tell them and yeah. like, hey, I messed up. I uh, shouldn't have done that yeah. um, type of thing. I'm just a, a person. I'm not any better than anyone else. And we try to model that for our kids all the time. Mm-hmm. I, we try to be as real as possible. I think both of us coming from where we came from, we try to yeah. be as real as possible with them. And yeah, we're both on fire and we'll, you know, I, I think it I, probably all the whole staff knows that you guys asked us to do anything and we don't have something. <laughs> We usually say yes. So don't we're, say like, that publicly. I know we're, yes. we're, we're the easy we're I the easy mean, people that just say yes to everything. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where we are in our, our life. We just want to burn out um, for God and do everything and and yeah. you know, yeah, I'll sleep some other time. So I think something so beautiful about both of your stories is what you went through, like now what it's the desire it's given you now yeah. is completely opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like where in your past you. You went through so much stuff that the examples you saw, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the the parents doing these different things. And now it's like totally, I mean, it's flipped. Yeah, It's flipped. And that's so beautiful, right? The, the, the stories that we could tell and be raised on, but but what God has done in that, rest, that restoration, now your kids, they'll never know that, yeah. you know? And that's beautiful. Like, that's just... It's, a, it's just the hand of God at work. Well, yeah. and I think that that's what I think about. Like, it, really, you think about everybody's story coming yeah. together. Like, your story, Adam's story. Like, all these people coming together and that they're all a part of that. Like, I feel like God placed people in my life specifically for me. And I know mm. that that's such a selfish thought, but I do. I mean, I, I think, how could I learn from anybody else, you know? Um, and, and then you up there, like what worship leaders have a Cubs cap on, you know, when they're up there, like, I don't know, that's probably not super churchy. Right. But, but we do that. And that's, I want that. Like I desire to be more like that. I was just telling our group the other day, like I, because of my anxiety, I live with this, like, Oh, it's church. Like you can't show your shoulders, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can't sway. I used to get in trouble for swaying in church all the time and, and learning the freedom of like. God made me, me, and mm. I messed up and I know that, and I'm working on that, you know, but, but he made me who I am and, and it doesn't mean everybody's going to like me, you know, True. but, but I can live in the freedom of like, if I need, if I feel the need to like raise my hands in worship, then God doesn't 
get mad because of that. Like God doesn't think, oh, there's Taylor just putting on a show, you know, like that is, that's truly everything in me going, (laughs) stop it, stop it, stop it, you know? And so I want, I desire this like comfortability of just not worrying what everybody else thinks. And I married a man who doesn't care what anyone else thinks, honestly, you know? Which helps. Yes, it does to some extent. Stop worrying about it. Fixes everything. You know, you just stop worrying. My favorite thing is, uh, Alex will tell you, it's fine. Eh, Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. And she gets so mad. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it is what it is. Um, But I love it. So let me end with this. Mm -hmm. And Jared, we'll start with you. Um, Just knowing now your story to a degree right knowing what you've been through knowing how the lord has restored some things in your life um, if you could leave anything for the listeners today doesn't have to pertain to your story it can uh, it could be an encouragement it could be a a, a little nugget uh, whatever whatever you want that to be uh, what would you say to those listening right now uh i would say just be authentic um Coming where I came from, this church is different. Um, just be authentic. If you can just, you know, air out all the dirty stuff. I don't care. I've always said, I, I, I tell our group, this church should not be, like, looking nice. Like, you, it should look like a train wreck all the time. Yeah. And so whatever you're going through, let me, like, you can come up to me and, like, I, I don't like to be known. I'm one of those people that I don't need recognition or anything. I'd rather no one ever know my name, really. But come up to me in church, grab me. I'll pray with you on anything. Um, you know, share your, you know, I, I don't need your deepest, darkest secrets, but just share openly and, and get in a community group where you have that support system around you to be your authentic, true self, um, that people know what you're going through. We all know we're not perfect. You don't have to put on a show that you've got it all together. You have all the right answers. Um I don't have half the answers, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to work it out. And if I don't have the answer, I'll yeah. try to look it up or, or ask someone. And, and you know, I'm just going to go to God with, with all my problems. Mm. And I, I just want to come around people and let's just be real together. Yeah. Like, if you got a problem with me, come tell me you got a problem with me. Um, if, if you need help with something, come tell me you need help with something. Like, what, whatever you need, just, yeah. I, I'm there for you. Yeah, so. I love it. That's great. Taylor, what about you? Yeah, so I guess to piggyback off of that, mine would be more, um, I think that we live in a world where we go to Walmart and we don't have to interact with anybody and we can be on social media and really not interact face-to-face with people. And um, we live in a busy world where it's hard to plug back in and come to church again, you know, aside from just the service. But I think that would be not just being authentic in a group, but plugging in and finding those people Um when my dad left, we had no one, like we had no one. And I think about like, what would happen if something like that happened to one of you guys, you know, not like that, but anything, what would it look like? How would it be different in this church? And the way that I don't want to pretend like everyone feels the way that I feel about this church, where I feel like I have a true community. I know that there are people that attend our church who feel like they aren't known. Sure. And who feel like they could not show up and no one would care. And to that, I would say, like, that's a lie. That is a lie from the enemy. And that um, God is going to use you and use your story if you would just be obedient to that yeah. and and plug in and try. And um, it's never going to get better if if you're not. So I just think about, you know, anything could shake us. Like, anything could happen in our lives. And 
you have to be so careful saying that, right? Because like you say, God, anything, and yeah. you know, you won't do it. But truly, I it's feel reality. like, yeah. yeah, like we're so secure and we have people that love us and that would wrap their arms around us. And, um, you know, just it's such a personal thing here at community if you if you let it right. be that and so you have to really take that extra step to do that and um it's not required it's something that you just have to choose to do and then from there like you can also sit and get in a community group you know we always say like we don't want to be sunday school teachers like that's not us mm -hmm. please like share and be real with one another and um and be like he said be authentic yeah. and so it's just important it's it's i think people don't realize that that's such a big part if we're gonna as our church grows bigger we have to get smaller like we have yeah. to really get yeah. in those groups because it's gonna start feeling like you don't have a place here you don't know the pastor the pastor doesn't know you like there are a million ways that the enemy is going to use that against you and that's something i have to fight against a lot just the lies of, he knows where i'm weak you know and so um but yeah. the friendships that I've built and the relationships that I've had, like seeing how God uses me without even knowing, saying things, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I was talking to a friend the other day about this podcast, actually, and how she shared a, her story. And it's like the one thing that she thought the church would be so ashamed of is what made me love her even more. Like, I just, we have to get to that place, you know, yeah. we're called community, like, let's be that right. and, and truly not just say it, but live it. So yeah. It's great. It's not much of a nugget. It's more like a whole Big Mac, but. <laughs> well, I mean, with fries. But I yeah. think I think I think people in this world, like, gosh, they they want you to be authentic. They mm -hmm. want you know you talking about the real you and all this stuff. But when it's presented, or when people like, okay, well, here's what I'm going with. It's mm -hmm. like, whoa, yeah, whoa, keep that to yourself, yep. buddy. You know, and it's like, uh, okay, you say you want to be plugged in. You say mm -hmm. you want to do these things, and and but. You don't ever apply yourself. You don't yeah. ever, I mean, literally, like, just jump in. Yep. Yeah. Like, you will find that freedom or that authenticity that you. Shout least, out to community groups here. on Wednesday nights, yeah. too. Yeah. It's if a new thing. you don't have anyone, yeah, we got the I was just about Chambers to say, group and let's the Sawyer's plug, group. Let's, let's plug the group. Come yeah, on. Yeah, our group and the Chambers group. We both meet on Wednesday nights at 630, and um, we love it. It's, yeah. We yeah. break over the summer and, I guess, winter break now, so that's new, but uh, we love it, and we hope it continues to grow and flourish and that that's our relationships great. grow yeah. deeper. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Jared and Taylor, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. coming yeah. and sharing your story. And uh, I like to remind people that, you know, and, and some people, again, who are ashamed, who, who do feel like their story doesn't matter maybe or um, people will judge them mm -hmm. or, or whatever. Um, you know, the book of Revelation says uh, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the cross. In the word of our testimony, mm -hmm. those two things, right? When you when you bring things to the light, when you expose the darkness, right? Yep. There's nothing that can really come against that. Yeah. Uh, the shame, the guilt, right? It's not there anymore because everyone knows. And it's not to air out your dirty laundry, but it's to uh, restore. It's to repair, to reconcile. It's to heal, right? Mm -hmm. And so the beauty of this is that. That's why we want people to do this. I think you both did such a great job today doing that. So thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for taking time. I know from your busy schedules to come. And thank you. And yeah. shout out to Alex for shout letting out. you stay late all these nights and do these. Yeah. That's, she's amazing. Well, she just texted me. Where are you? And well. I was like, podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
She said, "We oh. love you, Alex." Yeah. What'd she say? I thought you had Sorry, one Alex. Thursday. You want to? She is such a like. She serves all the time and never. She, she is does. not a bragger. She just does it. She does serve humbly, yeah. and she's a great woman. Grace too, man. She's cool. Every every one of your wives are just so. Every one of my wives. Not your wives. <laughs> I was pointing to the pastors. Goodness. Sister wives. There's here. no video version. No, you know? sorry. Sorry. All uh, the pastors' wives. Are. I love it. It's a hard job. That's a hard job. It is. It, and it is a job. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a calling in yes. and of itself. So, yes. Uh, well, thank you so much. God bless you guys. And God bless you, the listeners. We're so grateful that you have joined us for another episode. And we'll catch you next time on Community Recap. See ya.